This is the Fitness Boot Camp Inner Circle Podcast with Georgette Pan and Jesse Stoddard. Hey, Georgette, how are you doing? Hey, I was trying to get in touch with you. I thought, did I screw up something again? <laughs> no, no, not your fault. Um, we are here um, today uh, in this shorter podcast. I wanted to, uh, I know it's a bit of a surprise. So you love how I just surprise you, right? <laughs> <laughs> I love it. <laughs> All right. So here's what I thought we would talk about today. What I wanted to do today is give people kind of a, a real life boot camp business example or fitness studio example. So, you know, what I'm saying is let's go inside our businesses and maybe give people, just give people like a slice of life, like, okay, maybe how how you're, for example, for you, give people an example of how you started your studio and then maybe how, what it's gone in terms of, gone through in terms of transformation, like the, you know, what stages did it go through or how the business has gone, maybe give people kind of a feel how, you know, what's the average day look like in the studio? Um, you know, what, what is, because I know your business is online and offline. So let's focus on the offline one and, you know, training and, and cause you've got quite a history, right? I mean, you were, you, you've been in physical education, you've been in physical therapy and now, and then personal training and boot camps, and then give people an example of what, the real boot camp business looks like because we talk. I think the reason why I want to do this, I think it's going to be good for the listeners, is that we talk about a lot of theory. Most of the episodes are kind of, you know, the high level information they need to to build their own business, but it's kind of theory. And I thought maybe you and I both could take turns and maybe just kind of talk about what really happens on a day to day basis, just to give it people feel. Does that sound cool? Sounds hard. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay, I'll give it a whirl. Okay, yeah, let's do it. See what happens. Always a new adventure. <laughs> so, how about this? Like when you and I know we talked a little bit about it on previous episodes, but but maybe just as a recap or maybe for people that are just tuning in, you know, uh how did you get started in the fitness business? Uh, and specifically, how did you start your boot camp? Start from there. Brother. Okay, yeah. Um, well, I've always been in uh, health and phys ed just from being athletic growing up. So I started my first degree with health phys ed. Um, then went into, you know, physical therapy assistant, but as as well as, you know, training part-time. But I was doing my own training as a bodybuilder. So that's when I decided, you know, when working on a um, goals gym at, at the time that I wanted to start what, what, what these things were called boot camps. <laughs> Nobody really knew what they were, but, um, you know, and uh, wanted to have a personal training studio. So that's what I did. We st- um, I got a business partner who was also working at goals, and I said, let's let's just do it, you know, so we went in and tried to, you know, open our own studio at the same time, do the boot camp. So, and, um, you know, that's what we did. That's the short version. You need, need any longer? 
Well, yeah, like uh, let's yeah, that's great. Let's let's talk about that. How did you end up finding? Why did you end up deciding to have a partner? And and what what do you guys bring to the table? I'm sure you have different things you bring. So that'd be kind of neat yeah. to hear. Yeah. Well, first of all, my um, partner was also was also uh, also already had clients. I was working in physical therapy at the time, and. I was going to be have to transition out of physical therapy. Um, also, I had the backing, financial backing, you know, and and my partner at the time would have had some clients and the time. <laughs> so, you know, and I had the nutrition, and we both did bodybuilding. So it was like, you know, just something we put our heads together on. I basically was talking boot camp and let's try doing that. I wanted to do it out of goals and, you know, they were like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Sounds like a great idea, but they never did it. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, which was weird, but not really, I guess. But, it, you know, that's the way things were. They're no longer there. But anyway, we did open up our studio across the street from them, but uh, <laughs> really two different niches. So, you know, that's... Basically, we just had uh, complementary things. Like, I had to transition out. Um, I had more of the online skill, you know. And why did you have to transition out again, just briefly? Or or why did you want to? It was too much of a risk for me. Oh, okay. To not transition out. Because... And I could transition out. (laughs) Some people can't. So, the, you know, I could have transitioned out. I could have went uh, part-time, which I did, and per diem, which I did, you know, and that way I could, you know, work on the other aspects of the business, marketing, you know, other things where, you know, my business partner had some of the clients already. So they followed, you know which clients do, <laughs> like, you know. So that's just the way it went, you know what I mean? And and she wouldn't have had a job, so because they got wind of her, you know, getting having uh, going to own a studio, and uh, she had already given notice, but they had let her go previous after finding mm-hmm. out. So they said, never mind the two weeks. <laughs> you can go now. So that was, mm, you yeah. know. Yeah, so, I mean, I had, you know, a job. She didn't at that time. So it was like, let's get it going. And that probably lit a fire under your butt to get it going fast, right? (laughs) Well, I had, you know, we already had the fire. Because I was, you know, this wasn't really a snap decision. I took a year. I was researching. I was looking. I was, you know, looking at the Vortex Pro Trainer. I had talked to them one year previous to actually purchasing the Vortex Pro Trainer. Hmm. So, you know, it wasn't like, you know, I bought books, <laughs> you, know, you know, talked to different people, um, talked to a franchise, a studio franchise, and they wouldn't allow me to run boot camps at the time. Of course, they changed their mind, but I was ahead of them. You know what I'm saying? Hmm. And right. As far as why not, Dumbo, <laughs> right. Besides, yeah. it was exorbitant. 
It was exorbitant. I was like, no, <laughs> no way. I could start a business, you know, under 25K, and you want me to do 125K? <laughs> you know, we're talking like, you know, whatever it was, it was ridiculous, but mm, it wasn't. Ridiculous. Search was going on. Read a book by Phil Kaplan, you know, that wasn't, I don't even think it's a no longer. What was it, Fitness Prof? I, I I can't remember. Personal Training Profits. No longer for sale. But it was a, you know, helped, you know what I mean? Greatly. With researching the boot camp thing, because again, there wasn't any. So, you know, it wasn't like said, oh, I'm going to start a business. And, you know, and then three weeks later or two months later, we started. No, it was, it was, a, it was a good year. So there was planning, decision-making. And then, you know, clients had contacts. You know, you speak to other your clients, and some, somebody said, well, I know somebody who has a building, you know, that has places for rent. Hmm. Or, and, and I'll also be your guinea pig to run me through the boot camps outside in the park. Because that's where we started. So there was a lot of transition, and we did end up getting that space from that uh, friend of the girl, <laughs> of a client, um, and are still there today. We're in a different space within the building, but we're still there over 10 years. So. Wow. Yeah. Uh, you moved to a different space, what, to expand a little bit or a different layout or a better deal? or? It was physical therapy had moved to a different spot again within the building and their spot was more uh wide open space and it was larger so it made it well for two reasons it made it larger one it was wide open and not l-shaped like our spot space was it was more it had a little bit of a curve and an l so it was like a lot of wasted space Hmm. and it was a little you know and it was bigger so both of those things made it even uh, up here, and to be bigger, and actually was bigger, but it, you know, we had more uh, space to utilize. You know, maybe it wasn't that many square feet larger, in essence. You know, it might have been 10 and it might have been 12, you know, mm. or 1,500. Like, let's say there was a small difference in this actual square footage that we were renting, but in actuality, <laughs> It made it look huge because now it was all one wide open space rather than, you know, half of that space not being able to be used. So, and the rent really wasn't that much, you know, different. And that's a big deal. That space, the layout and being able to, that's a big deal, isn't it? Yeah, it was a very big deal, actually, because, you know... And plus the moving of it. I mean, what a what a better you know what better place to move than right within your building to a better space? <laughs> because you know you get a lot most of the stuff over yourself, <laughs> right? Mm. Or with help, which we which we did. The only thing that we really had to get somebody to take down and put back up was the vortex. We had to hire somebody, the guy who originally put it in, actually. But. Mm than that, it was us taking everything over, you know, squat racks, dumbbells, you name it, we did it, but the space was such a big, major difference, because now it's a big rectangular box, 
and with high ceilings. Mm, perfect, as a, right? Yeah, as opposed to a kind of a big L. <laughs> I don't know. If right. Oh, L. Let's put it that way. Uh, and low ceilings. And that you know what? That's funny you say that because I see a lot of studios and people trying to start businesses, and they sometimes are even paying more rent for a place that's all cut up or a weird shape. Um, yeah. And then you've got somebody else paying less rent for it's actually a smaller square footage, but because mm-hmm. of the layout, it's more conducive to what we do. And and pretty much that open rectangular or square box is pretty much always what you want. You don't want that cut up space with little office, you know, nooks. Usually, unless you're doing all one on one training, which, you know, then it could be oh, an no, advantage. Of privacy, but that's it. silly, you know. Yeah. So that's going to take up some space. So you know. So that kind of took up, you know, a large portion of the L, <laughs> mm. you know. Now, did it, you know, was it nicer looking? <laughs> well, A, it was all rugged. It was outdoor rugged. So, mm. now we didn't do anything with that, but, you know, we're not going to rip up their rugs. But this this one, too, had some rugs, but we ended up putting in some, uh, we ended up painting some, <laughs> we ended up painting some of the rug, my I don't want my business partner to do it. Like, I was painting a ladder type thing, you know. Uh, painted some things onto the rug initially. Now we actually used some of the um, additional uh, rubber mat- rubber matting type thing. So it's taken up, you know. We used to actually put some more in this year. but So there's two different surfaces, but... You know, there was a lot of things that were better off with the move. I mean, it was, I think we only were in that spot maybe a couple of years, the first spot. And we realized that getting even like we could conceivably fit 20 campers in that spot, but getting them in over that comfortably was hard because of the shape. But like mm. we said, you know, you knew that the wide open space. There was so much more you could do. You know, we end up getting a small sled and, you know, the L shape. Well, where were you going to be really pushing that? You know right. what I mean? <laughs> so that, this is good stuff, man. We could talk the whole time just about the space. That's awesome. Right. Uh, probably useful for people because people ask all the, ask me all the time about that um, location. And so, but now let's, let's look at the other side. So how did you guys get it going? I mean, obviously your partner had some clients, uh, but then, yeah. then what, you know, <laughs> what happened after that? It was hard actually, because we put an ad in, you know, and we were thinking, okay, now how are we going to get people to register for this boot camp? You know what I mean? Like we, we announced the business, Free ad in the paper. Then we put, we did put an ad in. We had some free, you know, postings in in the paper as well, like the things to do section. We announced the registration. <laughs> then we like, then we like sat there that day, you know, and nobody came to show up to register. But you know, people did were did register. So like I said, the first camp I think had maybe eight people, mm. and we were outside. So that was the first thing we were doing. We were doing an outdoor boot camp. So, you know, we were kind of going what a lot of people struggle with. I don't know if they struggle with this right now because there's so many boot camps. But back then, A, nothing was outside, and there was no boot camps. 
So, <laughs> you know, we had to educate, really. And there was no studios. Now there are, you know. Fast uh, yeah, right. Time, you know? But, so we almost had to do, like, a little education on top of it. So we did use newspaper ads, you know, in the in the very, very, very beginning. And did that work, those ads? Well, you know, yes and no. I, I don't remember how the first, very first boot campers found out about us. One of them, one of them was a client. <laughs> the others were not. So I'm trying to remember, you know, how they heard about us because um, there was one boy, one man, and the rest were girls. I remember this. And, and we were out at the park, which was right across the street from our our studio. But out of that small boot camp came, you know, you, you never know what you're going to get out of something, right? You say, oh, hey, people, that's a disaster. Well, no, it isn't really. For one, it was, it was, you know, enough to be profitable. Actually, one would have been enough to be profitable but because we were just starting. But, you know, we wanted a minimum of six to start the camp. Out of that also came... Um, boot camp, the boot camp instructor that I still have today. She was the first boot camp, one of the first boot camp clients, and um, is still teaching a boot camp class. Later became certified, trained under us as an intern, and um, just had a baby like the class trick. Well, I don't know, it's over a year now. But it, it was doing at least two to three classes. Now it's doing one class. I mean, it went down. But um, and you know, Dina is still is still with us. So you say, well, you know, really, a lot of things came out of that very first little boot camp that you know you wouldn't expect. Would you expect to hire a trainer out of that? <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? Interesting. You don't yeah. go into it with. That. So you know, Dina's still with us. I mean, even though it's, you know, just independent contractor, she has a full-time job. Also, the guy, her boyfriend, who is now, I, I think, I don't know, they're living together, whatever the point. The point isn't that. The point is that he also was working in advertising. He worked in a coupon a magazine. He was in our book, first boot camp. This poop, and, and which, by the way, and found out in my area, coup, this coupon magazine was hot. It was like it came out quarterly, and people were so into it around here that you know, uh, you know, they called it the Clipper or something like that. Coupon, I don't know what they called it because it's no longer there. But the point is, it was there for for years, and um, we would put in our our coupon, and we got the most clients out of that type of advertising than we ever got out of anything else. He later moved to a bridal um, magazine, and we still work with him today. Okay, so out of the first boot camp, I just told you we hired a trainer. We got a lot of our advertising um, deals (laughs) because he was also in the first boot camp, uh, Dina's boyfriend. So, you know, you don't know what you know what's going to be <laughs> what's going to come of your supposedly small little boot camp that you just started, and you know you're freaking out because it only had eight people. Right. <laughs> right. Hey. <laughs> 
Well, plus we already, and we also had one-on-one, so we could have picked up the slack, you know? Yeah, so, that's uh, that's interesting, I, isn't it? <laughs> I think, you know, you, you know, if you're not doing both at this point in time, even back then, when we were when when the concept was brand new, I thought it was, you know, lifesaver because when one thing was down, the other thing was up. One thing was up, the other thing was down. So it was. Do you think? Would you say that's critical now too to have that diverse diversification? You know, so that one thing can be up, the others. You know, if the other's down, is that still the same as it was when you got started? Yeah, because it, yes, I feel it is because it's it's not just it's critical because first of all, even just having doing one thing has we talk about multiple streams of revenue and you know multiple isn't one. So if you're having a boot camp and that's all you're having, and no even diversification of that, I mean there's ways to have different types of boot camps even which we discussed in other. Things you can have teachers boot camp. You can have a beginners boot camp. You can have uh, I don't know a, a functional training boot camp. I don't know boot, for boomers. Uh, but even beyond that, we always talk about adding nutrition, adding different things, uh, different you know streams of you know revenue. Even if right. four people four people wanted to work out, you could do you know offer small group training and a different. Price. If you're running a studio, it's absolutely critical to do more things than one-on-one at this point, right. and vice versa. If you're running a boot camp, it's it's critical to, to do more things than, I think, you know, everybody's always talking about multiple streams of income, and then you're not doing them, right? So, yeah, it's critical, because... It's necessary to stay afloat. There's too much competition. There's nothing, nothing going to be, you know, distinguishing between you and the next person. It's it's critical whether there's no competition. To be honest with you, because there's slower times. There's you just have to do it. Right, right. That makes sense. Yeah, yeah. even today's market, it's not any different from when you started. <laughs> Yeah. So okay. So we yeah. we talked about the location and the setup yeah. and kind of the, the that challenge of launching and some of the early attempts and how what you got out of it. Um, let's right. talk about now. So if you you know flash forward. So that was the past. And then how did you like how did you get to where you are now? So um, did you guys go through a lot of ups and downs? Was it a bumpy road? Was it progressively better, getting better? Uh, what kind of, you know just briefly maybe t- touch on some of the highlights of that or were there some up uh, specific moments that were really good or really bad that you want to maybe just mention just to give people a feel for the you know how you got to where a, you are now yeah there was a few bumps I, I mean i remember the economy too was when was that oh nine i don't yeah, know yeah oh seven oh eight especially that around where it was yeah, yeah i'm trying to think well, it, yeah, there's different parts of it, right? There was the real estate thing that happened in 2007, and then the market was a few, you know, it just kind of kept going for several years. So, <laughs> yeah, there was a few, and actually, that I, by that time I was already doing things online, so 2005. So, 
I've already started to do things online, so there was another little stream of revenue, which I didn't know was going to turn into, you know, something much bigger. In five years, that actually grew, because now boot camps were starting to take off at that point. Then Then there was a down, like whatever the downer period was, everything I saw affected across the board. Both the studio and the online business had gone down for a while. Yeah. It was weird. And then, you know, then it came back up, you know, and now this year is kind of like even. Like, there was a, there's a lot of straight lines, too, I mean, in the beginning. You know, obviously the first was not profitable. You know, the first three are the toughies, you know, to get off everything going. But, um... You know, then there was, it's kind of like up and down, up and down, up and down, but there's some like even, even keel stuff too. Were there a lot of hours you were putting in? Well, I still put in a lot of hours because I yeah. work on the internet part. Right. And, and yes, I mean, does too. You know, there's different things going on and, you know, somebody has to be there. But again, we put in other classes. People yeah, mention. Yeah, so, what do you offer now? Like, like current day, you all, you, you know, you, we talk about diversification. You, you have a lot of cool things going on, right? A lot of diversity there. Yeah, we have a lot of different things. I mean, we did try the popular stuff that, that when it comes that when it came out, we did Zumba for a little bit for a smidgen of a time, <laughs> smidgen, because actually Tammy put together her own dance class, so. Um, and we did that for a little while, but, you know, maybe a year or so. And then, I don't know, some things just fizzle out. It, and that just was one of them, right? We went a couple of right. years and it just didn't do it. They, you know, we found that was happening very quickly with Zumba because there, there was too many Zumba places. I mean, you were looking at, and these people were then all, all went in to open their own studios, so even the people we had. Um, teaching either, you know, quit, went to work for another studio, or opened their own, two of them, two out of three opened their own studios. So, you know, that was all right. That was like a phase. <laughs> that was a phase for us. But anyway, the other stuff wasn't really a phase. Like, there's um, uh, there's Tai Chi, you know, twice a week. That teacher was looking for a spot, so he had already gotten, I don't know, kicked out, for lack of a better word, of the spot he was in, teaching, but they were no longer going to be able to keep him on due to some regulations or rules. He wasn't able to do that. So we we wanted um, Tai Chi. We had a, already had a yoga class at one point, and then we disbanded and looked for another yoga teacher. So now we have the yoga teacher who comes in once a week. She has a small following, but she's uh, they're extremely loyal. Uh, the Tai Chi ladies, same thing. They follow our um, Jeff, my teacher Jeff, who also does a, a, a Zen, a fusion, not Zen, fusion fitness class, which he cool. developed. Yeah, so he has that a couple nights a week. So he has, you know, we did other things in between. We had a karate teacher using the studio at night. Wow. Um, let's say from 
I don't know, we were doing a dance class. We had to go actually in another part of the building to to do the class. Well, I found that after a while that got to be a conflict. Oh, really? We needed the space. Oh, now, And he probably needed a better space. (laughs) You know, and we wanted to, when, when we were talking about even expanding once again from from the the place we are now we were talking about buying into the next you know room that was was going out we were going to have them you know come in with us you know sublet but you know one thing led to another and when you're young in business really you know you really don't have any clue but think you do so, but the point is, you know, that didn't work out. But it was almost really a good thing because we needed the space. And we put in the fusion class, you know, we're able to, uh, when other boot campers are taking, are doing a class, sometimes Tammy is doing a one-on-one in a different mm-hmm. part of the room. And it's, and that works out fine. Works out fine. There doesn't need to be any partitions, you know what I mean? <laughs> right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that's been, we've been doing that for a while, so, you know, it might overlap, but, you know, and it gets to, you know, it works in, in, a, in a little insidious other way, too, because the person doing the one-on-one was watching the book camp every now and again would hop in it after seeing it, right? You know, or some of the boot campers decide they want to do a one-on-one once in a while. And that has happened and still does. So, <laughs> you know, I'd like to do boot camp twice a week and train with you once a week. Oh, okay. <laughs> or do yeah. personal training. Like, yeah, there's nothing wrong with that. You know, actually, it's probably a good idea from their point of view. Like, so, you know, offering both does help. Let me see what else. We have a hypno- hypnosis <laughs> seminar coming guy coming in tonight and uh, yeah i think we start and also start meditation classes we have a doc a foot doctor in our in our uh, building his wife is a client and he is all in you know into the into that and that meditation actually he teaches the meditation so that went over good last time we we did it doing like a Three class. It's a it's three classes for eighty dollars something. But you know they were into it, so we decided to that again. So there's like always like something you know different cooking. Uh, we're gonna do a functional training or balance class by popular demand. I guess you could say. Hmm, yeah. Like doing the balance training, so we got a balance training one on one class that we're developing. So we always had something. We did do, you know, a, our own transformation type of program. That, uh, it's interesting to hear all of these different things that you've been through. It's very interesting for me, and I hope some of our listeners picked up on details. Um, and maybe we can do more. We're, we're about out of time, so maybe we can do more another time. Or maybe, to be fair, I'll, I'll, I'll talk about my business next time. We can kind of bounce back and forth. Um, 
if, if that's cool. Be, and we might have to come back to this. I just thought of some interesting, I mean, I have more questions now than ever after hearing you talk, you know, about how you guys worked out your partnership. Because a lot of people are going in solo or they're thinking of having a partner. That's a whole discussion in and of itself. And then you talked about little things like how you experimented with letting like the martial arts guy, you know, do a thing in the evening. And like, I'm sure we've all thought of that before, you know, oh, could, you know, sublease to this person or let them do that and make more money. But then there's a trade off because you don't have the use of your space. And I mean, that's a whole nother conversation. Right. So there's a lot of cool little things that you just went through really fast. And then, I, you know, I'm sitting here going, oh, wait, what about that? You know, <laughs> So it it really makes I hope everyone listening also picked up on, you know, there's a lot of wisdom behind what you've gone through to you. It's probably like, oh, yeah, that's you know, we went through that. We did that. We tried Zumba. We did this. We did that. But for a new person, they're probably, you know, they're sitting there going, ooh, you know, hopefully they're sitting there going, ding, you know, how does this relate to my situation? And then, you know, how could I learn from it? Because, you, you know, Georgia, you already have the wisdom you know, from experience, whereas other people may be going through this for the first time and then trying to make their decisions about their future based on, you know, what they know, which is not much yet. Right. So really fascinating to listen to. Um, Did did you have, Yeah, you know, yeah, go ahead. I didn't see it like, but you're right. I do see it like, oh, well, it's just what we went through, you know, but not realizing that it could actually maybe even, you know, actually help somebody. Yeah, right. Yeah. Yeah, we don't see it cuz you know, you're too close to the action, right? You're you're just living it day to day. So it's it's car, yeah. you know, sometimes you don't see it from the outside perspective, which is there's a lot that went into all that and a lot of hard work and well, first of all, congratulations cuz you guys do have a successful studio and a lot of them and how many years now have you been doing uh, have you had the studio? Over oh, 10. Yeah, so that by itself is amazing cuz most of them fail within the first year or two. So right yeah. there, just being around means that you've done amazingly well. Uh, and and I'm not saying most fail as a discouragement to people that are listening to this. I'm saying, you know, that's just how it is for all small businesses because most people don't really know what they're doing and they don't t- take time to get educated. They're not listening to a podcast like this. They just kind of like knee-jerk reaction. I want to open up a fitness studio or a boot camp and they just launch it with zero education and no coaching, right? So we're not telling people to do that. But and if you get the education and you learn, you're ten times better off than if you were just you know randomly you know knee jerk reaction opening up. We call I call it an entrepreneurial spasm. You just feel like oh I got to start a business and you do and you don't really have a clue. Sometimes that can help you by just taking action, but most of the time, you know, you're most of them do fail. So good job, by the way. <laughs> yeah, we planned. I mean, and I did work with Phil Kaplan after. Um, you know, doing, actually reading his book, and you know, reading a couple books, and did get in a group. So it was that, we're starting the online book, which, you know, who knew that was going to take off? You know, five years, I, was, I think it was, I don't know if it was 2009 or 10, I was voted one of the top 100 vendors in ClickBank 2009, yeah. by that time it was going real good. Now, it's been you know, everything has become saturated since then. You know, you have to, in a, in a sense. But you really got to, you know. But if you don't do anything, you don't get anything. You know what I'm saying? It's the, you know, you could say, oh, well, it's too saturated. Screw it. Or you could work and, and actually take action. Like a lot of our, actually a lot of our people in the enterprise, of course, are those type of people. 
Like they're taking action. Not everybody, but they're taking action. Absolutely, Georgia. That's a fantastic point. Uh, and we do have to wrap it up because of time. So I just want to mention, uh, if you want to be the type of action taker that Georgia is talking about, then you need to go to fitnessbootcampcoaching.com and check out our new enterprise system for a little bit of shameless marketing there because it really is good and it is designed to help you do exactly that. So again, it's fitnessbootcampcoaching.com and uh, you're going to get more information about that and how you can take your business to the next level or launch a brand new business and build this the right way just like you heard Georgette talking about and utilizing all of the wisdom and don't have to reinvent the wheel and start from scratch and make all the same mistakes that we did with that being said have a great day and we'll see you guys next time mm -hmm.